0: How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Ladies and gentlemen, you are watching episode number 110 of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we are live in the Drew Estate Cigar Studios, and let's talk about the re-release of the 2021 special limited edition Lanceros from Drew Estate exclusively for Drew Diplomat Program participants The limited edition Herrera Esteli Lanceros will debut during the Drew Estate Freestyle Live, May 6th uh, from 7 to 9 p.m., exclusively on Drew Estate's Facebook Live page. The 7x38 Lancero requires expert hands to perfectly arrange the individual tobacco components, assuring the tobacco's complexity and ideal draw. The Herrera Esteli Habano Lancero is made using flavorful Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Honduran Habano binder and Nicaraguan filler tobaccos, while the Herrera Esteli Connecticut Broadleaf Lancero is composed of an exceptional higher priming Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper that Drew Estate reserves throughout the, the year exclusively for this cigar, a bold Brazilian Matafina binder and rich nicaraguan filler tobaccos both these lancero blends are presented in 15 count boxes and will be available exclusively to drew diplomat retailers the broadleaf lancero will be available in beginning in june and the habano lancero available beginning in august for more info please visit drewestate.com 110 dude 110 It feels like just yesterday it was it was one. Actually, it feels like just yesterday was one. I know. Which uh, we're not going to talk about episode one, (laughs) the humble beginnings. What a train! I look back now, and and it's funny that the first episode. Well, the first technically the first episode was the lost episode, the Risty interview in Chicago. Yeah, we drove to Chicago to interview Risty from JSK Cigars at Biggs Mansion, and uh, yeah, lost all of it, all gone. To to you know, in into the the wisps of 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 history, uh, but you know you li- you learn you move on. Yep, you and do. Now we're at episode one hundred and ten, so it's all good. How was your weekend? My weekend was awesome. It was it was it was great because we finally had good weather around here. It didn't snow, which mm-hmm. is always a plus. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got stuff done around the house that just was those sort of nagging projects that I would always, I would see in the garage or I would see in the backyard around the corner of my eye. And I'd say, yeah, I got to do that one of these days. And mm-hmm. I finally just did some of those things this weekend. Good. Yeah. And I had uh, a guy's weekend.
1: Uh, I know you tried to make it work, yeah. but saying, um, you know, the, the projects, but uh, you guys, we had um, seven of us up there, ATVs, four wheelers, dirt bikes, and it's Which,
0: uh it's your cabin up in northern wisconsin yeah right?
1: northern wisconsin and the in-laws bought it late 80s for close to nothing now it's worth all of the, the things
0: yeah that any any dwelling right now is worth yeah it's 10 times what it was two years ago
1: and you know we found i'm exaggerating some, of we course, found but. some awesome trails I spilled on the motorcycle. <laughs> I got up like, Hey, I'm, I'm good. Not young anymore. Are I'm we? good. <laughs> but I tell you what, that next morning when I got up, I was like, I am old. This hurts. Uh, no, but it was a fantastic weekend. The guys helped me out with a few projects that we had up there to do. And we just loved it. Great time. Played some poker, smoked a lot of cigars. Nice. Burned a lot of, burned a lot of wood. Yeah. Um, and uh only one taker for the lake to uh to go take a dip
0: to jump into the the, the 48 45 degree water raul was the
1: the lone lake swimmer and uh
0: no thank you no thank you yeah
1: so uh no great weekend and you know our sports teams are
0: (laughs) yeah so for our viewers and and listeners you guys know we we talk about our sports teams that we love and uh, the the Twins, fortunately, the Minnesota Twins did discover again how to actually win a baseball game. So that's nice because mm-hmm. we lost like a lot in a row. Um, and but they're very they're very hot and cold. They either they either win by seven or eight runs or they lose by seven or eight runs. I I yep. just don't I don't understand what's going on with them right now. Um, and then the Minnesota Wilds, you know, our hockey team is actually on a, on kind of a streak i mean they haven't they i think they've won seven out of their last nine, nine. yeah seven out of nine so they're doing pretty well they're
1: doing very well
0: and the nfl draft completed mm-hmm. uh and so your minnesota vikings my green bay packers yep. uh, both had very good drafts. we did actually. i think both teams think so got too. the players they wanted to get they really did um it couldn't have been worse for the packers we talked last year about this the packers had the worst draft of any team in the nfl yeah great um great f by most analysts uh yeah. this year most analysts said they did it okay um yeah. we'll see as b always plus. time will tell
1: um b plus for your packers and a b minus for the vikings you think so is what it's kind of the the cumulative what what i've seen i mean your packers as high as uh an a my vikings as high as an a minus yeah and i think you know yeah depending you know but the the draft is so
0: you know you just never know you never know tom brady was a six rounder yeah so look at all the it's funny to look back at all the players who got drafted uh low or had low draft grades and things like that and the, you know, the next thing you know, they're they're blowing up the NFL. I think, if I remember right, uh, uh, Devontae Adams, who is the star receiver for the Packers, I'm pretty sure he was a fourth round pick, a late fourth round pick. Yeah. So, and and you know, he's he's been lighting up the NFL since he came into the league.
1: And Adam Thielen was up yep. undrafted. He was undrafted,
0: exactly. So you never know.
1: Uh, and uh, real quick, Jason Hawkins. Actually, Habibi Hishi Hashi his, 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 <laughs> gave me this shirt. So,
0: shout out to Ronnie from Secreto Cigar Bar in the Detroit area. Thank you so much, Ronnie. For and I know you don't like shout outs, but I'm giving them anyway, brother. Because yeah. you're a good man. So, thank you for so uh, good to us for being good to us. Um, so let's bring on our special guest of the evening. Um, as, as always, guys, we We love telling stories, you know, this show, as much as we love our premium cigars, we just love getting to know people and get to know stories behind other people who love cigars. And sometimes those are some, sometimes those stories are all about the cigar industry, but other times we like to dive into other areas of life. And this is one of those cool guests that we have on tonight that's, uh, you know, we're gonna definitely gonna talk some cigars, but we also get to learn about some stuff that I think is really cool and we can you know we can just have some fun on the show tonight and and um you know just go outside of uh outside of the cigar mm-hmm. industry and really learn some some fun stuff.
1: And who doesn't like to talk about goat herding?
0: I know exactly. You know? So, exactly. So we're really excited. <laughs> As always guys, you know that the special guest segment on How About That Cigar Live is brought to you by Corona Cigar Company and Coronacigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars Humidors and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borshowitz believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and coronacigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great c- Corona. Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of that, please visit CoronaCigar.com and FloridaSunGrown.com. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please welcome. Put your hands together to episode 110 of How About That Cigar Live. Jason Ladani, welcome to the show. Oh, he. Oh, I'm sorry. That's that's. That's not you. That was my fault. And we, oh. told, him.
1: we told him when he comes, back, <laughs> he'll be unmuted. I just love
2: so clear, Just so we're clear. I, I wanted to say that uh, that was a, a real treat. Anytime you're hearing commercials just before your name, you know you've made it. You, you <laughs> know you're, you're in there with the corporate world. <laughs> and uh, it really feels great. It brings me back to the. To the old radio. I used to do a lot of radio interviews on the road too. And it was the same thing. They'd go to introduce you, and then there'd be a an ad for top F F eleven top coat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> love it. Well, you know, so I'm just gonna start off by saying I was the one. I, I love. I like TikTok. I watch a lot of dumb stuff. I watch some cool stuff. Um, so a few of the favorite things that I like to watch on TikTok are. Um, um, from knife-making things, some stand-up comedians. Um, of course, you've got the, uh, you know, the the people doing dumb things that is just hilarious, like the fail army type stuff. <laughs> um, never gets old. Never gets old. And, you know, because of the algorithms and everything, um, I also follow, you know, Chris Ramsey and a few other uh, magician guys, Shin Lim and... Uh, and <laughs> then we got, you know, Jason came up on my feed and he did this for King, um, uh, what's it called? A uh, Casino pre- Wash.
2: Yeah, we have yeah, that Casino
1: Wash video. Um, I think that was your first like major video. And I was like, you know, in, in his profile picture, he's smoking a cigar. And I was like, dope. How cool would it be to have... Jason on the show. And oh, so yeah. I reached out to him and I'm, I'm grateful you, you hit me back and we're able to have you on the show, man. So thank you so much for being a part of us.
2: Well, absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. It was uh, a, 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 lot of fun to hear. We talked a lot prior. We're going to get to all that stuff again, but we had yeah. a great conversation on on the phone and yeah, man, uh, cigars have been part of my life. It's not just a, it's not just a thing, like uh, a prop I hold. I actually do enjoy, uh, uh, cigars and the whole etiquette that comes along with it, and that kind of um, the lifestyle that that uh, it comes the whole uh, the ritual that is around smoking a cigar, mm-hmm. um, and some funny cigar stories that I've had that I learned things the hard way, like the convertible story. Don't let me forget to tell you that. Oh, hey, we're in a convertible. Yeah. Let's smoke a cigar. <laughs> How cool is this? And like, what could go 20, wrong? 20, 20 minutes later, my fingers are starting to burn. And this side of the cigar was completely gone. And this side of the cigar was still <laughs> And I'm like, that's why you don't smoke cigars in a convertible. And it was like a $20 smoke, too. And so both of us were like, all right. You know, it was cool for the first few minutes. But um, we're, I don't think we're going to be able to save the cigar.
0: We'll add that to the tips and tricks page. Yes. That, that's yeah. uh,
2: bicycles uh, and, and convertibles. That
0: <laughs> no go. So, <clears throat> well, Jason. Um, first of all, we we know unfortunately because of the the space that you're um, that you're in for the interview tonight, you're not going to fire up with us. But um, uh, I did hear before we went live that you have uh, a lovely glass of scotch. Uh, and when I heard the when I heard that word, I have, of course had to pour myself <coughs> as well. So, what uh, what scotch are you partaking in? Oh, just
2: some uh, just some cheap stuff. I don't know if this is the Chivas or Uh it's just whatever I could find. It's some Aberfeldy, uh, 21 year. Um, <laughs> it's just, just some of the cheap stuff on the bottom rack.
0: Yeah. nothing uh, wrong. Yeah, Plastic, plastic right? bottle, plastic, right? Yeah.
2: All I could find. Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I'm a fan of top shelf. Uh, if, if it's 85, hundred bucks and up, um, I'm going to enjoy that scotch life short. Um, so there's some cheaper scotches. Obviously I named the blends Chivas and, and Dours. I don't really like them very much. Um, Mm -hmm. and jura there's some other cheap ones but once that price point gets up there is a lot going on and each scotch has its own thing about it and you'll be in a mood for a specific one sometimes yeah Uh, and that's what i really enjoy it's the same kind of thing that i found with cigars there's a certain when you open your humidor up and you're like what do i want and there's the one speaking to you like that's the one i want right now Uh, you kind of pair it with your mood and, and it'll be a good smoke absolutely
0: so, give our viewers and listeners an idea of of who you are. You know, you are a um, you are a magician. We found out before we went live. I found out for the first time. You're also a musician. So, uh, just just give our viewers and listeners a, a little bit of background on yourself.
2: It's gonna be tough to fit this in an hour. <laughs> uh, so, like in ninth grade in high school, I started playing with uh, local bands. Like the guys were in their 40s and 50s, and I'm I'm like you know, 15 years old. And uh, I played keyboards with these guys. Uh, So just because I was playing piano, I gravitated towards blues a little bit and got good at improvising. So I started playing with local bands. Uh, But those bands started the tour, uh, which meant that, you know, I was playing in Chicago at Buddy Guys Legends and had to drive all the way home through the night to make it to, you know, 10th grade economics class at, at 10 in the morning the next morning, which I didn't, I just slept in my car outside the, the school in the parking lot. But my mom thought I went anyway. So uh, those bands were starting to get pretty serious. And we did a lot of uh, Boston, Chicago, and New York was like a kind of a regular circuit that we would always do, which was giving me more exposure with uh, with those particular clubs. So you kind of move up the ranks. And then when I graduated high school, um, I got a job at a bank you know just like a, a kid looking for money you know I, I worked at a golf course in a bank just these kind of dead-end jobs to to make some money and while i was at this bank for like three weeks i think i was there i got a call and this guy said hey i um, shamika copeland's manager you know we're looking to hire you i saw you a year ago at some club and uh basically we're, we fired our keyboard player and we want you to be in our band and i'm like in the bank like looking around like i'm sorry what and he goes uh we're starting tour this thursday you know and it was like monday or something so your tour starts on thursday it starts in nashville and for the next three months you're going to be out on the road you come home for a couple weeks and you go to europe for like six months so i was like i can't believe this is real you know so um i i quit like something out of a movie i went up to my boss and said i'm quitting now and he's like you can't do that you need to work another two weeks and i'm like i don't I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry. (laughs) And I'm leaving now. So I walked out the front door, like the tie, pulling the tie off, you know, and, and, uh, I'm leaving. So I left and I joined this band and then we toured around the country. So, uh, in, in lots of different bands, it was one more band i missed in that story. I played with Vince Converse for a few years and I lived in New Orleans and played down there. Uh, Played with him for a couple years, and then I played with Shamika for five or six years. And those local bands I told you about, played those guys for three or four years. So uh, 11 years I was on the road playing with uh, professional bands as a keyboard player. Um, And then uh, this hobby of mine started to keep yourself busy on the road when you're sitting in an eight-hour flight or driving 50 hours across the country. Uh, I would grab a deck of cards and practice card tricks and sleight of hand with cards and cheating cards and things like that. That was kind of my thing to keep my hands busy. And um, I just kept getting better and better at it because there was a lot of driving on the road. And uh, I met a, a card sheet, a professional card sheet. Uh, he's one of the best in the world. Uh, his name's Darwin Ortiz. And I, I met him while I was on the road. He lives down in Washington. And I started taking lessons with him a couple times a year and built this craft up while I was busy touring. Um, and eventually, to I don't want to take up the whole hour. I mean, I really could. I, I quit the road. I quit touring as a as a musician and started uh, jumping into the world of of um, making my my living with a deck of cards. And that meant playing poker, uh, visiting the casinos. And I took my skill set to home games. And so I, I didn't want to waste my time with luck. I, <laughs> I um, tried. I tried a few things out, and they were like, this is a lot more fun when you win <laughs> and then I would take that money to the casino where I would play straight uh, in a casino you'll get it's a felony if you cheat in a casino you get caught cheating so I, I didn't want to mess with that so what I would do is take my my money that I made at home games and invest it in learning how to count cards and and play in casino so I did that for about five to ten years or so and then I wrote a couple books and then I started uh, doing shows big shows and kind of getting into the performing aspect, lecturing performing and and here we are today uh, it's a it's a it's been a hell of a ride yeah but uh, it's it's certainly a lot of fun
0: well and bef- before i get to the next question i also wanted to give a shout out about what garrett and i are smoking
2: so i was uh, uh, I-, I wanted it to be a commercial for like toro lawnmowers or something like that no no well, that's no. great jason well, let <laughs> this: stuff. is your lawn getting ratty <laughs> that would have been great so have you guys had the new
0: colon blow <laughs> New ultra colon blow three thousand <laughs> thousand ah <laughs> so uh, knowing that you are from New York and and I so I, we always try if we have somebody on who's not from a cigar brand it's it's actually kind of fun because I just get to grab whatever's in the humidor at my own choice you know and 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 choose what we're going to smoke and knowing that you're from New York and so I I also i know there are some people who don't feel the same way but i have always associated it specifically card magic i've associated it with class uh and so i i thought okay new york and class so sadly the the nat sherman townhouse closed down but our good friend michael Herklatz, who was the you know the uh, uh executive sales vp at at uh at nat sherman before they closed down now starting up his own cigar company, but I grabbed some old Nat Sherman cigars, the Joel Sherman 75th celebration out of the humidor. And so we're smoking those this evening uh, and it's, great. it's they just, are, it's,
2: they are pure class. I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah. And it's a cigar that just kind of, it, it, it really is just, it's refined and it's classy and it's um so that's what we're smoking tonight. But I also wanted to get an idea from you, Jason, about, the so you you were in your late teens or what early 20s before you really started to develop sleight of hand
2: well I started when I was a little kid like seven years old okay uh, well my first magic book uh, is right over here actually um and I I li- I grew up in a library if our if you if your family lived in the, in the apartment above which was the whole size of the library, a huge place uh you you would maintain the library below and your rent would be like half would uh, it was any place else in town. So I had access to the world of, of knowledge, uh, downstairs and I would go down there and I found these magic books and I was always trying to fool my older brother. Like that was my only goal in life. And that took a long time. That took like 10 years to do, but eventually I got him. Um, and that was a motivating thing actually, to see if I could fool him. It kept me trying to work more and more, but it was just a, a kid's hobby that after I yeah. played with the cards, I go out and ride my bike or, you know, I didn't, it wasn't like this driving thing, but that's where it started when I was young. But yes, the real refinement started in my late teens. Uh, I, I started watching uh, this guy, Martin Nash, um, who was just just remarkable, just what he could do with a deck of cards. I mean, your uncle shows you a card trick or, you know, the guy that pulls a quarter out of your ear or just some stupid, lame card trick. Um that's the stuff that I was used to seeing family members do and other people. But when I would watch, watch Martin Nash, it was a whole different thing, like this world of cheating at cards and sleight of hand. I just couldn't comprehend these mental mysteries. You know, I, I did all this stuff. And how the hell could he know what card I'm thinking of? And sure enough, he would he would figure it out. Hmm. So that's what kind of got me uh, really invested. It's kind of the next level. And then when I met Darwin Ortiz, the, uh, the uh, magician from uh, Washington, D.C., he was like the best in the world. When I met him, I you know at 20 years old, I'm all like, "Oh, I know about card magic." And then he showed me some stuff, and he showed me specifically. I remember him. He showed me a bottom deal, and I'm looking right at it, and I'm like, "That ain't that's this old man's like trying to pull one over." I mean, that ain't the that ain't the bottom card. He's like, he must be dealing duplicates or something. Like he put the four kings on top, but he had another pair of four kings on the bottom. You know, and he's he's claiming to deal off the bottom, but he's just dealing those off the top because I could see with my own eyes the top card coming off. Yeah. And then when he finished, he turned the deck over, and those kings weren't there anymore. And I'm thinking, that's a cool trick. <laughs> he must have he got rid of those other kings somehow, you know? Yeah. And then he did it again, and he put the kings back on the bottom, and he dealt them off one at a time. And I st- about halfway through, I realized, these are bottomed. Like, I'm looking right at the top card coming off, and I just could not believe that a bottom deal could look that good. It actually looks like you're taking the top card. It's just yeah. a, you're, it fools the eye 100% um and it's kind of like one of those optical illusion things where you just can't believe what you're looking at yeah and uh once i saw him that's when i realized i want to be able to do that and so in my early 20s that's when i i took all that knowledge from my from 7 to 20 and pretty much threw it all out and kind of started over but i had a lot of technical ability with my hands and also being a keyboard player and guitar player i had independence in my fingers so I was ahead of the curve there because when he would teach me something i didn't have to learn all the independent finger actions i already had that uh so that's why i was kind of on a fast track to learn this stuff yeah uh and then within a few years i had some pretty good jobs uh that's when i started working in these games and uh, performing
0: so going back to um talking about poker games you know in in, you mentioned in private games you know you would you would uh use certain tools to your advantage but in in casinos you would play straight but even with that i, I and i don't honestly know i mean i've played in private games and casinos uh at poker tables but is there a list are you on some are you on some kind of a list, you know, that that, uh, that where you have uh, have you ever been denied access to a poker room at, at, a, at a casino? I
2: have not been denied uh, to a um, casino. OK.
0: Okay. Uh, and,
2: uh, and the same thing with home games. You After a while, you leave that home game. You just no one's lucky all the time. So you just kind of move around and, into different things. So that's what I did. I just played at certain places for a certain while and felt like when I had done what I needed to do, then I would just leave. There was never any suspicion. As a matter of fact, I caught other card cheats. I caught other people cheating in those games. Mm. But no one was. Uh, there's a certain charm that comes along with this thing that you have to be. I mean, part of the con man is that there's no way. There's no way Bill can be robbing us. He said he's our neighbor. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, you you bake that right into the the whole thing. So I, I didn't never had any kind of suspicion of anything. But you can't win for two years straight. You know, so that's why yeah. I moved things around. Um, at the time when I was in casinos, I hadn't published my books yet um so i i don't think i was on anybody's radar there um i've published quite a bit of i've, I've published a lot of material I'm much more present online now but as of 2019 i still was able to walk into major casinos in vegas and play without anybody stopping me so yeah but if, if you know if the fbi is watching <laughs> i i play straight uh, you know casinos are are recreational but, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not in there to, to do anything uh, crazy yeah. on cards, but uh, that's almost impossible nowadays with how much restrictions they're putting on that. Yeah. So I just play for the enjoyment of playing at uh, Turning Stone. I love playing there. They they have uh, they bust in these people that don't know how to play cards at all.
0: <laughs> Which is great.
2: Is Queen 10 good? And I'm over there nervous, like, man, this guy stayed in all the way to the end. What did I miss? And at the end, he's like turns over Queen 10 off suit. No, no connection. Nothing. And I'm like, my sevens are still good. Like, <laughs> really? I just made like seven hundred bucks. on you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm a nervous wreck. Uh, thinking, what is this? What did I miss here? You know. Um, yeah. But like, I could, I can't get a read on him. I can't because the guy just doesn't know how to play. And so, but the, I think that there's a market there for just playing games and waiting for the the busloads of people that are clueless. Oh, let's get poker try. That, those types of people. Yeah. Um, and then. Um, I enjoy that. I I just enjoy the atmosphere of the casino and and going and playing for a couple days and
1: going home. So let's talk about uh, your cigar origin Um, at at what, you know, part of the story of your life does, does cigars happen? And do you remember the first one and how that evolved to where we are today?
2: Yeah, um, when I was on the road, I, I never liked cigarettes. Uh, early on, I, I wasn't a big fan of them, uh, just the smell of them. And, and I just, uh, I knew that that wasn't going to be anything I was interested in. So, um, but when I joined Shamika's band, the guitar player's name was Arthur Nielsen. He's a phenomenal blues guitar player. He's a New York City guy. He's just amazing. And uh, he smoked cigars. And he's like, "Yo, hey, you want to try one of these? And I'm like, well, eh, I don't know, you know, I guess. <laughs> Peer pressure, right? You know, sure. Yeah. And, um, so I didn't know what to expect. And he, you know, he was the first guy to say, you know, don't, don't draw it into your lungs. Just, just puff on it, you know? And, um, he cut it for me and I, I really enjoyed it. And it was something mild. Uh, I don't remember the, I think Arturo Frontis maybe was the first, something in that nick of the woods. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed it. And then part of the ritual of, of touring, when you go into a new city is you find a great restaurant and, you know, you basically get into city, into a city around three o'clock. Sound checks at six, and then the shows at eight. That's usually like a more or less in that neck of the woods. So we would always that those first few hours there, we would get into the city, find a cigar shop, go buy some smokes, some sticks, and find a nice restaurant. Walk around town, absorb the city a little bit. Buy some clothes, buy some shoes. Buy go to a guitar music store, and while we're out on the street walking around, uh, you know, smoke some cigars, and you know, leave your cigar on the find a. Uh, you know, a pay phone that you could leave your cigar hidden while you go in the store and come oh, back yeah. out. You know, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. You come back out and you're picking cigars out of the rock garden in front of the Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, so that that's what we would do, and we did that all the time. So that was just the normal thing. Tomorrow's Chicago, so we go to Chicago, find some super swanky smoke shop, you know, because it's in like the financial district or something. So yeah. you knew it when you were in the little poor city in the strip malls getting old dry newspaper old yesterday's (laughs) newspapers or are you in a really swanky city where the the cheapest stick is like 20 bucks a pop you know but you knew that oh this is going to be good though at 20 years old that income you know when you've got a thousand bucks in your wallet you're a millionaire at that point so yeah yeah. i didn't care i if there was uh what was excaliburs i think there was some 50 dollars smoke sometime we were in seattle or something and i found out about excaliburs and i'm like a little pricey, but then I'd smoke it. And I'd be like, oh, that's a cigar. <laughs> Unaware of the fact right. that I just smoked a $50 billion. But uh, <laughs> they was the smoothest. And Dunhill's. I really enjoyed Dunhill's back in the day, oh, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so David Off and Dunhill, those kind of super rich, um, classy as hell, and just smooth as all hell. Those were, But I, did, I knew that I couldn't afford those all the time. But that's what we would do. Get in the city, smoke some cigars, see the city. And then get some good food, and then go to sound check, and do and repeat that for five years.
0: Yeah. And what? Um, so when you when you go out now, you know, now that you've had um, years to sort of figure out what cigars you like, and experimenting with different brands and different blends and things like that. What um, What are some things that you find yourself reaching for? Do you go for old standards when you get to a cigar shop, or you do? Do you do you ask what's new or things like that or kind of? No, no,
2: I, I'm I'm my own thing. I, I'm not. Um, I can if I smell something I like from the if, if the guy happens to be smoking something that is catching my my, my you're like what is that that smells great, but uh, typically I stay within what I know and what I enjoy um, and the classics. I, I really uh, things get never old. When I was in uh, Lebanon before the pandemic. Uh, their Cohibas mm. were insane, so uh, the guy told me, "Oh, you got to get the Cohibas, they're great." And so I got one, and it was like a hundred times better than anything I've had in the last year. You know, so the next day I went back and got like a whole bunch of them. You know, so I enjoyed those. Arturo Fuentes, Punch, uh, Upman, Ashton, uh, David off Dunhill, like I said, Monte Cristo. I don't like things that. Have almost no flavor. Where you draw in and there's like it's all smoke and there's nothing there. Those are always yeah. a letdown. Lip lip. And then also those super super complex ones that taste like cat piss, chocolate, mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and you know, and and you know, yeah. And it's like, what is? It, there's so much going on in in there. I don't like those at all. Uh, and some people do, but I I just for me it's that mild but with the flavor uh, Dominican and Nicaraguan. Oh, it's always a real easy one for me. Yeah. And that, and same thing with the price point, the same exact theory I said with scotch is with a cigar for four bucks, you're probably not going to get a good smoke. Yeah. Um, so 10 bucks and up, you're going to get it. good. Yeah. Which
1: is like scotch or anything else. There is that, you know, that, that surprise cigar, you know, yeah. Yes. We're dollar, you know, there's a needle in the, in the
2: rock. Yeah. In Florida, I, yeah. I we, we were there and bought these, Picos. I don't know what they are They said Pico on the label and they were amazing. They were like two bucks a stick and they were big. They were a good cigar. Yeah. And uh, there's some hand rolled stuff that was just the perfect draw, all the flavor in the world. And every tote, we were just like, oh, what are these? These are amazing. So, yeah, there's those uh, wild yeah. cards out there. And also, I forgot to mention when I do go into a cigar shop, I will get my favorites. And then I'll just do some blind. I don't know what this is, but I'll give it a shot because yeah. that's how you that's how you save the wrapper and say okay next time I'll I'll look for these uh, sometimes. And some cigars, you know, the ones that have that steak flavor to them. It tastes like there's like that meaty yes. burnt steak flavor. Sometimes you'll find one of those and you're just like, what the hell is this? I gotta right. get this. Yeah. So I'll keep those wrappers. My top drawer here. I probably if I dig around a little bit, I probably could find you ten uh, rappers I've riffed off riffed because yeah. I've never heard of them before. And that yeah. comes from ones where I try out and, and try new things.
0: Oh, and that's smart. And we recommend that to everybody that, Absolutely. you know, save those cigar bands. And, and if you have, if you have the time, you know, even take some notes in your phone or take a picture of it or something like that, and, you know, give it a thumbs up or thumbs down, sort of your own personal social media history. And, and just that way you'll remember what you like and what you don't. And
2: and, and your friends, your, your, yeah. your our buddies can always turn you on to, hey, try this. So that's how uh, I learned how to listen to great music is because I would say, hey, these are my favorite 10 albums. And then the bass player would be like, oh, check these 10 albums out. And I'd never heard of any of those. So we would, you know, you were, he did all that sorting, years and years of sorting to find his favorite albums. Yeah. And was able to give me those filtered mm-hmm. results. Um, and that's something that's very helpful when you have a, a good group of guys that you can share mm-hmm like-minded things yeah. and, and find some good smokes there because nobody wants to spend 20 bucks for a stick that you hate, you know?
0: Oh, totally. Oh, it, is, it is disappointing when you spend 20, 30, $40 dollars on a cigar and it's just, it's just Oh, the
2: horrible draw. Half of it's burning away on the other side, the, yeah. the outside wrappers coming off and you're like thumbing it. And there's a leak in it that you're trying to, I mean, there's nothing, <laughs> they just yeah. throw it, they just throw it away. And you're like, yeah.
0: Right. right. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the fun things about music too, is, You know, because with cigars, you can find a brand that you've never heard of before. And it may be a really small brand that don't produce a lot of cigars every year. And the same thing is true with with music and with bands and with art music artists is is um, you can find. And that's one of the great things in in the last, you know, 15 years with social media is you can find artists who don't really have this. They're not household name artists. Mm -hmm and and they could be super underground and in in a lot of cases they can be some of the best musicians around and you can just find such such phenomenal music out there to listen uh, yeah.
2: to yeah Derek Trucks um remember when but back in the day Derek Trucks kind of came on the scene and uh it was YouTube and Facebook that was driving that um at the time you could find a lot of clips of him playing and uh social media is this weird double-edged sword man when you know sometimes you find yourself I, and I've stopped this a long time ago, but I remember those days of like I just spent four hours on Facebook, like what the hell? Yeah, doing nothing, you know. Uh, so, but if you're a um, a business person that's trying to promote, you can get yourself out there, like the TikTok mm-hmm. are talking about. All of a sudden, overnight, to amass that many followers um, is is pretty amazing. And that just that technology was there. My mentor from DC who taught me everything. He could only uh, perform for the people that were in front of him. That's it. So when I do a show for two hundred people, it's two hundred people. Good night, and that it done. Stops there. Yeah. But with social media, I can tell the entire world I'm going to be at this particular venue, and then all those people can talk about it with their friends uh, through social media. So it really does. It is an amazing thing, but you have to be careful of that that trap that it also uh, has as well. Going down the rabbit hole, you know. Four in the morning, and what are you watching on YouTube? You know, I'm watching a girl brush her teeth, and I'm like, How did I get here? Exactly. I've, I've,
0: (laughs) we've actually, my wife and I have experienced this where all of a sudden it is, we look at the clock and it's, it's, you know, 2 a.m., and we're watching some, some girl sing some, some like Irish or some Celtic folk folk (laughs) song with a language that only five people on planet Earth still speak.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's still yeah, a thing. Yeah. That is still a thing. It's uh, it's yeah. kind of like remember magazines, you know? It was it was a it was a thing where you could flip through and find some inter- interesting content for for <laughs> twenty minutes, and then you'd put it down, and that'd be over, yeah. right. right? Well, yeah, social media is like this this bottomless magazine that has just yes. the most interesting content that you did not plan to to go for, but there it is. So it is has that kind of addictive thing to it. But mm-hmm. uh, I learned this uh, years ago, and I had to, oh m- more than years ago, but. I had to make sure that I, this, my card craft and my music wasn't going to continue to get any better if I would fall into that trap. Mm. Um, so I'm very, very disciplined about it's it's practice time. Yeah, there's no social media. There's a good cigar, some scotch, and four or five hours at that table back there. Yeah, um, and uh, in the summer, I'd practice outside, um, which on the back porch, which is always a nice kind of therapeutic thing, and uh, mm-hmm. that it really is a nine to five job. Actually, more than nine to five because at five o'clock I don't stop. You know, it just keeps going. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's what I love to do, so it certainly doesn't feel like work.
0: So speaking of the card craft thing, I if if uh, if you're up for it, I would love to have you. It I, and I don't know how well this stuff translates through this sort of format, but if if you can share a couple a couple things with us here live on the show, we would love to see you know a, a few things that would translate well. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, let's. um, We have plenty of time here, so let's. uh, We'll do a few things. Do a mixture of a couple of the types of things I perform uh, at shows, live uh, performing for people in a live situation. The pandemic has stopped all that. So, in the last year, I've done a a number of shows in this exact uh, format. So, that's not going to be a problem there. But before we start, can you see over my shoulder here, there's a deck of cards? Well, I mean, there's 4,000 back there, but (laughs) right. on the mat, there's only one deck of cards back there. Yes. Yeah. So I suppose we should split this responsibility up between the two of us. And Garrett, you can help me out. Mm-hmm. I want you to think for a moment of a number between 1 and 52. Uh, don't name something obvious like 1 or 52. Try to yep. throw it somewhere in the middle. That gives you a lot of choices there. But you have yeah. to admit right now, I can't know what number you're thinking of. It's not possible. Yep. You can change your mind as often as you want. But eventually, I want you to settle on a number, Okay. Let okay. me know when you've done that. I got it. Have you changed your mind or you got it? I got it. You're doing that thing where you changed it right at the end? I All right. Don't. For the first time, you can tell me what that number is.
1: Hey, okay, it's 37.
2: 37. I'm going to put 37 right here on this. Okay. All right. Got it. That's the show. <laughs> we're going to put it back there. Have a good night. Good night, good night everybody. <laughs> yeah, good night. <laughs> I just want you to make sure I don't go anywhere near that. It's going to stay back on that. All right,
0: staying yeah. right there. We'll right. do some other
2: stuff, but in the meantime, you got my it. door shut. Nobody's coming in. This is going to be right back there. All right. All right. Now, let's talk about some, some card craft here. Um, use this. And so, Matt, you said you play in, in some games at home, right? Yeah. You invite your friends over. You go to someone else's game.
0: Uh, either one. I, I host I host games at home and also go to other places. Uh, home now, night.
2: in your home games, do they shuffle cards like this? Like an overhand shuffle?
0: Uh, a little bit of that, but usually table shuffle.
2: Now, when you say table shuffle, you mean this
0: kind of... No, you, you, we try to stick with a casino.
2: The flat one, because flat. you know why? That's a good one, because you can't cheat it. Yeah. Yeah, this one here. Uh, a casino-style shuffle, you probably shuffle twice uh, like this. Do you guys uh, strip the cards?
0: um sometimes some some dealers do but we also try to use a cut card to keep keep the bottom card hidden oh so that
2: keeps the bottom of the deck uh, protected. yeah well uh you can shuffle all sorts of ways um <laughs> and and mo- most of the methods that you had said are good ways of shuffling uh but they can all be cheated they can all be cheated um so that is just some basics uh this thing right here is called an overhand shuffle. And this is probably one of the easiest shuffles uh, to beat.
0: Yeah, that's the way my mom always so show. Oh my God.
2: <laughs> be careful what oh happened. Be careful what <laughs> happened. Uh, this shuffle here is another one. So the aces are on top now. Uh, so I'll cut them into the deck about uh, halfway down, maybe a little bit more than halfway. Um, but the point is, this one here, uh, the casino shuffle, is a lot more uh, fair and honest. You can see on the top, I've got eight, nine, ten, queen. Uh, on the bottom, I've got six, four, two, queen two. You know, you can see that if you shuffle cards in this uh, method, it's going to be a little bit more difficult uh, to cheat. And then, of course, you know, after you shuffle, you always give the cards a cut. That's always important too. Uh, yeah. The downside to that one is you can always <laughs> you can always cheat that one too. Holy cow! Um, it all looks good, doesn't it? Yep. So let's talk about that bottom deal, for example, because when I'm shuffling like this, uh, all I've done there is just shuffle the cards. The <laughs> <Ace is great. laughs> when I shuffle the cards like this, same thing. I can just let those cards stay on the bottom. So that's pretty easy. And the same thing with these. I mean, you don't need much practice at all to be able to shuffle cards and retain the bottom cards. I'm simply letting them fall first each time. Yeah. So there's no magic there. But why would you want those cards to stay on the bottom of the deck. Well, that's that bottom deal that we were going to talk about earlier. So notice that when I'm dealing, it looks like all the cards are coming off the top. You can actually see if you watch close, you can see me take that top card right off. The problem is though, that what I'm really doing is taking those aces right off the bottom and dealing them into my hand. (laughs) Now, I'll do that again for you because I want you to see, and I'll use about half the deck just because I want to show you what this looks like. So those aces are indeed on the bottom, four aces. I wanna show you what I saw the first time I saw my men to do this. Notice that top card. Look how far that comes off the top of the deck. What? And they're no longer there, I'll do it again for you. That top card, I'll do like heads up for example. The top card comes right off the top, and you would swear that you're seeing (laughs) a fair deal. Now, in a real game, people deal cards about this fast. Oh, let me show you Let me make sure you know I'm not cheating. Uh, Aces are, indeed, on the bottom. They're blown out a little bit, but you can see. Yeah. Uh, In a real game, you know that people deal about this fast, and you can see that there's just no way uh, to catch that. People think that the bottom deal sounds different. It doesn't sound any different. It's it's just something with practice. I mean, that's the unfortunate thing with practice. You just you can't catch this stuff. Uh, the criminals are always a step ahead, which means I have all the time in the world uh, to practice this stuff and stay short at it. <laughs> and the more I practice, the better it gets and... You just don't stand a chance. You really don't stand a chance of of catching it. So that's one thing. So let's talk about something else. Uh, This time, I will lose the aces in different parts of the deck. and uh, We'll talk about a a different method of cheating here. Lose the spade here. Uh, This time, I'll allow you to determine uh, what hand I play. Four aces in four different spots. And uh, you tell me, how many hands do you want played in a round of poker right now? Uh, six. Six hands. As a matter of fact, I will even give me a different choice. After I deal out to six positions, one, two, three, four, five, six. We'll do five cards each position. Two, yeah. three, four, five, six. Uh, I'm dealing cards to me, myself, here. But you may suspect that I've bottom dealt these cards. Because obviously they looked pretty amazing before. So... I'll tell you that I didn't I have a bunch of junk here, but I'll allow you at the last second Do you want me to play a different hand? Do you want me to play these cards here or play a different hand on the table? You can switch for example If you said no play the second hand, I'll play these cards. It's up to you. Play my hand or switch it?
0: Play your hand.
2: Play my, Okay, I'll play my hand. Now, which hand do you want?
0: Um, I'll take the second from your right
2: Second from my right. So this hand over here? Yes. So that's the fourth position. So we'll get rid of all these cards. You're gonna play this king three. You got a pair of threes. I mean, a pair of threes isn't bad. You got a king, so that's not bad. Um, I mean, I suppose I got a pair too. I got a pair of aces. I got another pair of aces and uh, and a nine. I mean, I suppose that's
0: two pairs. That's two two pair. That's that's okay. (laughs)
2: Two pair beats your pair. Um, Holy so God. what I did there was I switched in my hand, right? So instead of trying to deal the cards off the bottom of the deck, I simply dealt cards fairly and then switched in the cards that I want to play. Right. So that's yeah. particularly effective if someone else is dealing. A lot of people ask, well, what if somebody else is dealing the cards? If somebody else is dealing the cards, I'm going to play the cards that are folded under my knee, <laughs> not the cards that you're necessarily dealing me in a game. So that's always fun. Um, and then let me show you uh, one other thing that we can do that's uh, probably the most devastating. Uh, let's say we're playing 5 We'll start with the aces on top of the deck. And I want you to notice that when I shuffle, all the shuffles are fair and honest. Uh, that You can see that when I push these cards together, fair and honest shuffle. And what's happening here is I'm stacking the deck. And this means that rather than shuffle the cards, rather than mix the cards, what I'm really doing is just rearranging the cards. Of course, after the cards are shuffled, they always have to be cut. And watch what happens. I'll deal with cards face up so you can see. This guy got a six, another six, a jack, an eight, and I got an ace. This guy got a two, a king, a seven, a queen, but got an ace. Uh, this guy got a queen, king, a jack, a, a nine, but I uh, got an ace. This guy got oh, he's got a pair of queens. He might bet on that. This guy's got a pair of kings this guy's got a pair of jacks uh this guy's got a potential straight but uh got that last thing right there so what i'm actually doing here is quite literally shuffling these cards into position all right so let me show you with the cards face up so you can see what i'm really doing here on the first shuffle i put exactly four cards in between the bottom two aces if i spread the cards out i might be able to see this I don't know if the camera can pick it up, but there are four cards right here in between these last two aces. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And when I continue to shuffle, I just keep doing that. This time I put four cards in between the next two aces, right? So there's four cards here, four cards here. On the next shuffle, I do the same exact thing, four cards in between the next two aces. So now there's four cards here, four cards here, four cards here. And then all I have to do is put four cards on top of that last ace. Done. And now what I'm dealing out, there were the four cards that I placed in between. And then there's the ace. Here was the four cards that I shuffled in between. There's the ace, four cards, ace, four cards, ace. So that's probably the most devastating one because I'm literally shuffling the cards right into position. Now, whenever I do that, people always say, well, yeah, but you have to have the other player cut the cards. So I'll show you how to get around the cut. (laughs) Right now there's four aces On top of the deck So the deck isn't stacked for a game But just so we know what the top cards are Are the aces I would offer the cards uh, to my Player on my right To cut the cards as I'm supposed to Now this is where Matt and I talked about You actually use a cigar for this Which is great So in a game we've got some chips We've got some Chips on the table and I've got my cigar In my hand right Now, check this out. I've got my ash building up. You know it's a good one because i got the long ash on there. say, it's your cut. So he cuts, and watch this. There's my player cut, and I say, put this in the ashtray here, and do that. That looked pretty good, right?
1: Yeah, wow.
2: At this point, there's no aces on top of the deck. Uh, But it's a simple pass, and I get those aces back to the top of the deck. What the? Yeah, I cut the cards in like a split second.
0: Now here's another one. I didn't even catch that. I missed the whole thing.
2: Uh, Here's another one that I like. Holy cow. There's my chip, here's the ante right here, right? And I'll leave the chip on the table a little bit short. So it's my turn to ante, I'll put that chip in there. Got that there. We've got our aces on top of the deck here. I say, give the cards a cut. He gives the cards a cut. Now I'm supposed to pick this up and complete the cut, but my chip's a little short, so let me throw that in pot. (laughs) (laughs) So you can use the chip or the same thing as the cigars I was talking about before when you've got your cigar in the hand. So the cigar is misdirection. The aces are on top of the deck. Got my cigar here. When he cuts, I'm supposed to pick this up and bury these cards. Right. When he picks those up, I want to do that, but I want to get rid of my cigar. And it looks like you're completing the cut but in reality the cigar yeah. was the thing that you saw that didn't you know it, it made you look at something else uh, for two seconds you just you just can't see it but my yeah. favorite part about that particular way of beating the cut is that if someone calls you out on it it's a mistake you didn't i oh did i do i did what now uh instead of uh a, a sleight of hand where you could get caught like a bottom deal where somebody says no i saw that you know so this one you could totally pull off as a mistake if someone is watching close but the best part about moving in these games is you think this is very difficult stuff to do, and it is. And you think that it's got to be nerve-wracking experience to pull this stuff off. Well, guess what? In every game that I've ever worked on, everyone's watching the game. Yeah. Nobody – in the movies is where people are staring at your hands saying, I'm going to catch this guy, you know? It's, it's not that way at all. In the real world – and I have this issue with all these uh, magic forums and and people that say, "Oh, I catch that in a heartbeat," your uh, internet forums and things like that mention that. Oh, you're, you think you're good, but I, I could see that from a mile away. On a TikTok video, I'm claim, I'm telling you up front, I'm cheating. You know what I mean? So you have a, you're looking at it differently. Yeah. In a home game, you're talking to your friend Bob about the girl you saw at the supermarket. That, <laughs> and, and this guy's playing the game. This guy's going to get a beer. That guy's playing on his phone. And that guy's got 19 beers in him. <laughs> so there were times, there were times that I was playing that I could have put this deck in my pocket and pulled out a different deck and dealt, right. it. and nobody, nobody would have noticed. Have, yeah, have seen it. yeah So that's uh, just the way it is. And if you're in a game where people are studying, burning your hands, like you're in the wrong game. You're, you're not. That's it's silly to try to think that you're going to move in a game like that. So you have to take good judgment. Typically, the higher the stakes, the looser the game is. However, I've played in ridiculously high stakes games before where they didn't even cut the cards. They, yep. You didn't have to offer. All, all you had to do was shuffle a few times and deal. It slowed the game down to, to yep. put the deck on the table to have the other guy cut. And when I got in that game, I'm like, wow. <laughs> Cash <laughs> retroception
1: rolling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is there a way around the uh, – so I, when I cut cards for a dealer, I I always complete the cut.
2: Oh, it doesn't matter. Let me show you. Well,
0: and there's right. house there's house rules behind that. So, so when you're
2: supposed to card etiquette is that you put the cards yeah. down, they cut towards you, and then the Correct. dealer is supposed to complete the <laughs> card. Right, right. right. Uh, but there are plenty of ways around it. So, let's say I put the cards down, and before I can do anything, the guy does uh, square the deck up. Uh, I'm in the same situation I was before, where I can cut the cards. And get the what card. the hell? <laughs> <laughs> You can't, it's just about, it's just about practice. It's just about practice. Yeah. So, um, yeah, basically anything that you can throw at me, I can get around it. Um, because a real card man studies all the angles, all the potential yeah. angles. And yeah. you, you have all that, uh, expertise that you can bring to the table. Also, you play straight for the first couple of weeks to, to learn what the rules are. Yeah. For example, there's a guy that always knocks. That guy, you know, he don't care. He's yep. smoking a cigar. He always thought, well, guess guess where yeah. I sit at the table? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <That's right laughs> hey, to Bill, show. you yeah. mind if I sit next to you tonight? Yeah. Uh, you know, so that's something you can take advantage of. Yeah. Um, and there's lots of other ways to, to get around that. So if you were somebody that uh, completed the cut, I probably would not sit next to you if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah. And we've... <laughs> A friend of ours, one of our viewers, left a comment just now. Wait a minute, we because we have played poker with him before. But, Quentin, you are the guy. Uh, with 19 beers. With in 19 <laughs> beers in him, as Jason is. Oh, yeah, they're the best. So.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> they are the best. Oh, by the way, um, there's one other thing. Didn't I mention something about um, this uh, card trick in the back here that we got brewing? Yes, got all the deck of cards back there. Yes, we do. Um, who did I, I ask Garrett for the number? Right. Yep. Uh, this time, Matt. We'll use Matt. I want you to, to have a card selected now. It's typically, in in um, in a show, you would select a card, uh, but here I'll just spread through the cards like this. And when you see one that you want, I just want you to touch the back of it. Can you do that for me? Or I mean, say say stop, and it'll be like yeah. You touch the back of a card. So you've got yeah. that my like, card before, right?
0: Yep. I'll
2: spread through like this and just say stop whenever you want. Stop. Okay, so it's a few cards, but this is the one in in the middle. Now, do you want me to commit to this card here or keep going? Because later you're going to be like, well, what if I had changed my mind? So this one right here or keep going?
0: I'm going to commit to that one.
2: All right, now this is something I really want you to consider. Later tonight, you're going to be laying. In bed, staring at the ceiling, in agonizing pain, wondering, what if I had changed my mind? Because if I changed my mind, I I would have had a completely different card. There's no way that would have worked. So I'm going to offer you one last chance to change your mind. Do you want to commit to this card 100% or throw me an absolute last-second curveball and pick a different card in the deck?
0: (laughs) Think about it. Oh, um, I just I there's don't know right answer. There's no right <laughs> answer. There's no right answer. I'm yeah. telling you that
2: it's your choice because I want you to know that you did have a choice. <laughs> um,
0: I'm going to stick with that one.
2: You're going to stick with it. If you would okay. said stop, one card earlier would have been the four of spades. Okay. One card later would have been the eight of spades. And you could have had any other card afterwards or any other card before. But the part that you want in this case happens to be the three of clubs okay uh, let me grab that sharpie.
1: We'll call that the pen and teller.
2: remember this thing back here? Yes yep I'm just gonna put three of clubs down here that way We'll okay. get back to it later'll i just leave that there a so. second All right now where were we? Uh, you had some questions about certain things to do we'll get back to that in a second but you uh, uh, did someone ask a question about other things that you can do in a game?
0: Yeah, let's, let's go through all the different, well, some of the different scenarios. You can well,
2: I'll it. tell you, I'll give you a real quick a scenario of a very common thing that I would do in a card game. Because a lot of people say, okay, well, great. How'd you get the four aces, you know? Uh, so let's start with a deck of cards that is truly uh, mixed up. And don't let me forget about that deck back there if we get to the end. Yeah. Uh, just remind me of that. How do I find cards that I want? And the truth is, it's when I'm shuffling the cards. So I'll give these cards a quick shuffle like this. The 6-7 and a jack, I think. Yeah, 6-7 jack. So as I'm mixing the cards, I'm able to look right in there to 6-queen-8. I am looking for cards that I want to deal myself during the shuffle. Now, if you saw how I did it, I'm only lifting the cards up a little bit. But a card, an uh, uh, amateur cheat will lift the cards really high. So if you're looking for somebody who's cheating in a game, you'll see that. Yeah. There's yeah. gaming protection there. Yep. But you can see, though, with practice, though, 4-7 queen. I can start looking for cards that I want during the shuffle. Now, let's say while I'm shuffling, I do find something. For example, there was a 10 there, so I'll pass on that. Ooh, a king. Just found that king. I can move that king right to the bottom of the deck and continue shuffling while looking for other good cards. So, right now, I know that there's a king on the bottom of the deck, and there's a king third. One, two, three.
0: What the hell?
2: Now, all I have to do is get rid of those top two cards, give the cards a cut, and what I've got now is a king on the bottom of the deck, I've got a king on top of the deck. Now, they're both on the bottom, and now they're both on the top. So you can see that. Oh, well, let me cut too. I don't want you to think I'm cheating. Give the cards a cut, card. and all I'm doing is controlling those kings, and I can do whatever I want with those kings. <laughs> Stack them, switch them, do whatever I want uh, to do with the cards. Yeah, as the game continues. Now, let's assume that I don't have any cards under my control. Let's assume, for example, that my guy who's drinking 19 beers, I offer the cards to cut and my 19 beers guy actually gives the cards a shuffle. Ruins anything, right? Now, what do I do? So there's a truly honestly shuffled deck because I don't know where anything is in the deck and it's my turn yeah. to deal. So I this, know This saying, kind of
0: goes, sorry to interrupt you, but this kind of goes in line with I was thinking to myself at some uh, at you know, some some guys are going to have you know the means to have a fancy poker table with one of those fancy built-in shuffling machines you know on on the table there so how oh, yeah you? similar you don't to that find me at a, you don't
2: find me at a game with a sh- shuffle machine uh you'll find the games if, if you if there's a weakness i'm there to exploit it if yeah. there's more weaknesses that's not my game right yeah so for example while you and i were just talking i now know that there's a four on top of the deck and a king <laughs> second on the top. four and a king <laughs> Now, how many hands, how many people are we playing in this uh, round of poker right now?
1: Let's say five.
2: Five? So that's one, two, three, four, five. Remember that king that was in second position? No. It's now in my position, right? It's not at the second position anymore. So what I did there was a second deal. And a second deal means that I'm peaking the cards on the top. For example, now there's a 10 on the top. Let's say, for example, I want that 10. All that means is I can continue to deal to my other players. I can continue to deal as often as I want, and I'm just retaining that 10 on the top of the deck. So here's what it looks like face up. It just looks like I'm dealing cards. And that 10, now face down, you just can't see it. This is what I mean about you just you can't catch it. So what I'm doing is shuffling cards to find cards that I want. And then as I deal, I'm retaining cards as I want reserving them on top so that when it comes time to deal to me, I can uh, get the cards I want. Same thing for the flop. I can know what the flop's going to be ahead of time. Um, let me give you an example of that real quick. And if I know what the flop's going to be ahead of time, I mean, obviously, it's like knowing the winning lotto
0: Yeah, so so the most top. common game that are, you know that we play and that are, well, we play a lot of different games, but you know, most most people play Texas Hold'em. So, you know, or, or, yeah.
2: but what I'm saying is if I know what the flop's going to be, before we play, that means that I can play Queen Seven off suit, right? Because I you know what I mean, so you have a big advantage there. As a matter of fact, one of the cheats that I caught in the game. Uh, oh, by the way, I'll ask you how many, how many hands do you want? Five, six, seven. It's up to you.
1: We'll uh, we'll stick with five.
2: Five. Uh, one of the particular um, games that I was in that I caught a cheat. It was because of just that. If you want to underground, or I mean, a rule of thumb here, greed. Greed is going to undo most cheats, almost all of them. If, if they're professionals and they really understand what they're doing, they can have a better grip on it. Uh, but that's going to be the thing that undoes them every time. You ever hear those things on the news where some guy steal, He's going to jail because he embezzled eight, $85 million from his company? You know, why not stop at like 50K? Yeah, <laughs> uh, The reason you're going to jail forever is because you embezzled all that money. So when this guy was playing, I played the hand back in my head. And pre-flop, out of position, he was heavy betting queen two suited. Queen, like Who the hell bids queen two in second position? Right. Raising kings, you know? And at the end, I realized what he was doing mid-hand. And I would have had the nut flush. And I wanted to beat him by luck at his own game. And I didn't, I I lost to him actually. But I learned in that hand what it was doing. Because of the queen two, that was a suspicious thing that caught me. Why would you uh, bet queen two so heavily? And uh, I figured out what he was doing. And basically he was doing what I'm about to show you now where he knows what the flop's gonna be. And he knew that he was gonna flop the diamond flush. Yeah. Uh, So on the next week, I gave him trip kings and I gave the host trip aces. And he never (laughs) came back to that game. (laughs) He never came back to that. And the best part is, because he was a cheater, the, guess what the first thing he said after the river card came out? He said, Who dealt that? <laughs> and because think about how, you know, how a cheater, right? So if, if you are a cheater in a relationship and your girlfriend's uh, two hours late, what do you think? She's cheating. Because your brain is already filtered with that. Uh, yeah. That. Yep. And so that's how I, uh, it was so rewarding for, for the first words out of his mouth to be Who, who dealt that? And who I knows? had the biggest grin on my, I just. <laughs> Fuck! Oh, yeah. I couldn't take. I, yeah, it was it was one of the most rewarding feelings in all of this. So let's talk about this. Um, four ten eight. I want you to remember four ten eight. Four ten eight. I give these cards a shuffle, and we'll mix them up. Of course, I'll keep things honest this time, rarely, and I will give the cards a cut. If, my, if there was a player here, they would cut the cards. That is a complete and honest cut. You said five hands, so that's one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. Here's the burn card that protects from cheating. One, two, three, and that should be a four, ten, and an eight. Four, ten, eight. So, uh, I mean, consider that all of a sudden you don't have to worry about playing premium hands anymore the whole idea of Phil is, you is know, just play ABC poker, play these premium hands and play ABC poker. When you yeah. know what the flop's going to be, you can start playing Jack-7. Uh, <laughs> and seven flop Jack-Jack-7. This is a true story. This is when I knew I got, uh, I had to backpedal one night when some guy asked me, why did you play Jack-7? And I said, ah, I was just trying to buy the blinds at the end there. And you pushed back. So I pushed back. It was a bad move. But then the flop came out Jack-Jack-7. So I rolled with it. <laughs> and he he wasn't liking that explanation. Like we're trying to buy the blinds back and he had pocket kings busted by Jack Seven off suit. Uh and I and he raised the big like the pot. He basically raised me the pot and I I called him back, which was a horrible poker. I mean, who does that? Um, but I I had a good reason to do it. So um Again, with that guilt thing. Oh, and by the way, I keep all this stuff in journals. I would come home and write that in a journal. Like, you got to watch, like, you almost got busted with that tonight. So you got to watch out for that. Um, And also, other players who are good study your play style. Mm -hmm. So if you're an ABC poker guy, you're good. If you're a wild guy, then they, they label you with that. But when you contrast so much between styles, that will start bringing attention to you a little bit more. People trying to figure out what, play style you have combine that with winning all the time that's going to start bringing more eyes to you
0: yeah
2: Uh, now i haven't done this Uh, i worked in all these games solo but the ultimate way to do this is to have a partner in your game and your partner sits right to your right of course so he's the guy that will knock the deck for you or cut in a specific i will leave the cards in a particular way that will allow him to cut exactly where i want them to yeah and also when i deal he wins
0: yeah, like Mikey okay. and Worm in Rounders.
2: You got it. That is uh, about as close to the real thing as it gets. And notice what I said about Greed it undoes them mm-hmm. as well and uh, dealing him boats all night. You know, that's that's, that's what will happen. You're there working. You want the money, and you you, you get greedy. But the, the secret is uh, it's it's one big move in a night, and you're good. Yeah. You can do it. Like what I did, I had fun earlier in the night, but nothing yeah. too big. And then I do well, one big one at the end.
0: I'll say that um, – I I won't give anything away, but I'll say that it's possible. There's a possibility that my college roommate and I had a gig like this going for about two years. We might have had something like this going.
2: Well, there is collusion, which is a friendly way to to work in a game without manipulating the outcome of the cards. It's just about knowing more information than the other people at the table.
0: Yeah, and we didn't – because we didn't have the skills – to manipulate the cards we just essentially played in our home game during college in our apartment we essentially just worked together there were no we didn't have the skills like i said to manipulate the cards we just had our own little thing well or uh, sorry we may or may not have yeah
2: Yeah. (laughs) well um yeah you know i i've i've wondered about that myself but i i have just it's been so many years now and i don't even think that those people would remember me in that game it's been 20 years now yeah um and also it wasn't just one game it's broken up over a lot of different games um but there's a small little satisfaction in me knowing that there's some guy watching this going that What's motherfucker that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it is what it is well uh, and that's
0: that's why it's not a risk for You know the casinos or public card rooms. It's not a risk for them because the dealers are always the dealers. They control the cards at all times. Yeah, they don't. You know, you can't. You don't have any control over what gets dealt to you or the other players. So that's uh, and also risk for them.
2: Something I wanted to mention on my TikTok. A lot of people are sensing that the casinos are this um, this uh, bent thing that they're ripping your money off. They are, but not in the way that I'm. Uh, demonstrating so a lot of people are worried that somebody like me is dealing at a casino making money for the casino that's couldn't be the furthest thing from the truth any reputable casino it has a real dealer that is as straight as it gets it's the home games are where you're going to find me and also these fake casinos like when you're out 175 miles outside of vegas at bob's chinese food palace and there's like the same guy that's working the bars also the blackjack dealer yeah those places you can find somebody like me dealing uh they're called bust out joints they're just they, they don't follow the rules you know um but in, in anything on the strip is all reputable you don't have to worry about that yeah they are ripping you off but not in the way that you think
0: well yeah it's just that they're the the, the it's, rake it, it, it's the rake and it's, it, and it's the odds. You know, the variance is is always going to be, especially if you're playing, if you're playing, that's why I, I have played, I've played blackjack at the casino exactly one time in my life. I'll never do it again because, because I know that even as I could get super skilled at blackjack and the, even as if I become the best blackjack mind in the world, the house is always gonna have that slight bit of variance over me.
2: Yeah, and counting will undo that. Back in two thousand three, two thousand four, I, I played a two deck game for like three years. And I made eight hundred to a thousand to fifteen hundred bucks every time I sat down and played. Um wow. yeah, I was making about a hundred thousand dollars a year just on that two deck game. Wow. Um, but they got rid of it. Like I said, the two deck game doesn't exist anymore. They're using automatic shufflers yeah. now and it's an eight deck game and they play a third of the way into the deck. So you in your mind, you got plus 30 plus 50 and then in the counting the true count is plus two, you know, and it's like so frustrating to end to think hmm. back then I'd sit down and play within minutes, the decks plus eight plus nine plus 10. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, I think be, I'm getting a little lucky here, you know, <laughs> uh, and, uh, oh, I'll split those. I'll split those. Double, double, and I'll split those, double, double. Oh, wow, I won. Yeah. 1500 bucks right there, you know? Yeah. And um, uh, that two-deck game was just absolutely amazing. And I had read all the books on counting, and I did all the drills. And to see it work, uh, I called my mentor at, like, 3 in the morning to say, like, <laughs> it works. This works. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it's math, you know? And yeah. uh, so it was just great. But like I said, they really put the they stopped that, so I don't mess around with roulette or any of the no. other. I, it was always blackjack and poker were my yeah. only games I really cared about.
0: Yeah, and that's why we like and, and we like poker just just our home games. Just yeah. honestly, it's it's more a social thing. It's a, exactly exactly yeah. like, like cigars, cigars and and cigars and and poker are really social events. It's not so much about the cards. It's not. I mean, as much as we love the cigars, it's a social thing for it us. It really is. Yeah,
1: and it's so fun. Uh, Jason, I know that, uh, you don't do uh, a lot of tutorials on, um, things in depth. There's, there's one thing that I've been trying to do over the past couple of weeks as, as we've been leading up to this. And that is the, the open air shuffle up here. And it's, it's a nightmare. Can you, <laughs> would you mind showing us how to do
2: yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it for you right now. Now, when I say uh, tutorials, uh, what I don't like giving away is giving away magic. Yeah, uh, no, 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 absolutely. No, no, yeah. I understand I, I just what you're asking for. I'm just saying yeah. something for the sake yep. of saying it. But there are magicians that have made a big name for themselves by exposing big stage illusions and how Copperfield did this. And yep. it, it is just so sad to see people uh, mm-hmm. do that stuff. And in my work, um, there is gambling stuff that you can expose to the extent that I say, here's, like a bottom deal exists and here's what it looks like. I didn't teach you how to do it. I just said, here's what to look out for. When I was peeking at cards, I was showing you, I can peek by looking at the top cards over here, but that's helping you find people in games that are doing this stuff. By the way, there's the Ace of Spades. Um, And I'm showing you how to prevent uh, those types of things. So it's okay to expose things of that nature and to teach someone how to do an (laughs) in-the-hand shuffle like this I have no problem doing that Um, but there are some things that that just don't belong uh, online that some magicians really it's sad to see that they just just go on there and they exploit Mm -hmm. some of this stuff and you know someone else spends 40 years inventing this stuff and puts it in a book and then some kid comes along and puts it all on YouTube and uh, makes all the money so it's a it's a good exploit but it's not what I do okay so here's how you do a uh, in the hands uh, shuffle the first thing is you have to realize uh, what a bevel is. Let me give a book. It's the only thing I could find on short notice. That's just my book. But um, <laughs> when you go through a book, look what I do to the sides of the page. See how I bevel that? Yep. Those are bent and that guarantees that one page is gonna come off. If I don't bevel those pages, do you see how they come off in clumps? Yeah. Okay. All right? So a good bevel means that I can guarantee one page comes off and we can see all these beautiful photos and amazing content. <laughs> uh, lifetimes worth of work and study. Okay, so anyway.
1: Love the humility. When so
2: you, I, What's the tra- point of trying to be humble when you're so good at it? Right. <laughs> yes. Now, when when you see that bevel? yeah. So yeah. if it's totally squared, I'm going to do this where Chunks of cards come off, but yeah, yep. I have a beveled the deck where my thumb is, and that means that you're going to get one card. And that's how smooth that is. So that means I can go right to the halfway point. Once I get half of the cards off like this, and basically my left palm is palm up towards the ceiling, my right hand is palm down, and I'm using my index finger to push, and that's where I get that leverage, that spring from. And I'll just get a thumb card or thumb cards off my right thumb and have them land on my f- extended fingers of my left palm and I go to about halfway by the way if you want to cheat you can look for cards that you want to do yourself see that <laughs> now because they're going to go right to the wherever you split get you can put that on the bottom now we're, I'm not here to teach you how to cheat but I'm just I can't help it yeah so we're here and I would say oh cool there's a queen going to be on top of the deck now but anyway I split here and I use my right fingers underneath to lift and that gets the cards into this position here. So one more time, riffle off about halfway down onto my palm, my right fingers now lift and that's going to get this packet upright, grab it with my left hand. And now your both hands are equal position. Now what I said earlier about that bevel, if yep. you are don't have those bevels or good pushing down with your index fingers, you're going to get that clump. See how look at that. That's not a shuffle. Yeah. It got mixed there. But if you have a stronger push with the index fingers and a good bevel, look how nice and even that is.
1: Oh, okay. that's already better.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: That's now
2: better. another problem, people don't push them together far enough. So if I try to bridge now, they're just gonna fall apart. Yep. So after you do your shuffle. You push them together like an inch or so. Then you can bend all the cards like this, and then when you re- open up your hands a little bit, they will release, and you get your casino sh- or your okay. uh, your bevel shuffle. So here we go. That, that, that,
0: Gosh, damn it, Garrett's Splashing my good cards all over the place. Yeah. yeah. That's be a, that's be a all right, you want to give it? A Those go- are my good cards. No, I, dude, I can't. You know, you've watched me shuffle and, and deal. I've, I'm, I'm, oh, here's another thing that
2: you should uh, worry about in your home games you need to change those cards out from time to time because by accident what will happen is somebody will shuffle the cards the way you just did and they're struggling with it and now I know where the jack of hearts is it should yeah. be right there oh my God. How the hell watch this there's no, I'm not holding any there's no corners sticking out or anything like that how do I know where that jack of hearts is because somebody bent it on the shuffle. Yeah. By accident. And what'll happen is cards will get bent by accident or somebody will, will crease the card. I don't know if you ever played cards before, and you get a card that this happened to. Yeah. I don't know if the camera can pick it up, but it was creased and bent yeah. and I somebody bent it, it back. Them. Yeah, well, guess what? I now know where the ten of clubs is all the time.
0: Well, and then you get so this was, we weren't playing poker. We were just playing, I don't know, hearts or spades yeah. or something like that. And somebody gets ink all over his fingers mm-hmm. and gets little dots of ink on the freaking cards. And I'm like, okay, so now I know forever that that uh, smudge of ink is the 10 of hearts.
2: Yeah. So what you need to do, I mean, again, too, you might think you're playing with your friends, but there could be somebody in there that's taking advantage of a small exploit like that. I mean, ask yourself, if you all of a sudden recognized that bent card, Uh, was on top of the deck about to be dealt or something, and you knew what it was, would you say, hey, wait a minute, everybody, I know that top card is a 10 of clubs. You would probably just keep that information to yourself. So sometimes you get kind of pushed into it without uh, realizing. Or you see the table across from you, the player across from you. One of his cards is face down, and you see the bend. Well, you know he's got a 10 of clubs in his hand because it's got the crease in it. Yeah. So uh, that's how cheating can kind of creep into your game without really uh, realizing it. Uh, and then, of course, it's even worse when somebody is intentionally bending cards uh, to do that, like me, for example. So, <laughs> how do you get around that? Is to introduce new cards into your game about once every thirty minutes or something like that, or use plastic uh, playing cards. Copics.
0: Yeah, we cards. use. Copax. That's what these are. Yeah. yeah, but I
2: can still use those, right? So my greasy forehead, right? I can touch <laughs> that, touch the back of a plastic card. Basically, now there's a sheen. There's a there's an oil smear. <laughs> on the corner of the cards I want. So I would, yeah, I would rub those cards. I would rub this, that's natural to do. And I would rub the backs of the cards. And as I'm dealing through the cards, I see dry, 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 smudge, and that's an ace. Dry, 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 smudge, that's (laughs) an ace. Then use that in conjunction with second deals. So as I'm dealing out, I'm dealing fairly, but oh, there's, there's that smudge. Let me just save that one for me. Uh, so control yeah. that top card. Yeah. So now here's the other thing to keep in mind: chances of you running into somebody that can do all of the stuff that I've demonstrated for you is very unlikely. Most yeah. card cheats know one thing that they're good at. That's just the truth. That one guy that was running up the hands, the Queen Two guy, um, he was good at that one thing. That was it. I ran into other guys that were bottom dealers. That that's all they learned how to do. They spent their life learning that one thing, and they did it. So to run into somebody that knows all of it is pretty rare, and that yeah. can do it all well is is pretty rare.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: wow. That's well, cool. let's do. Um, so let's do the deck.
0: Oh yes, we've we've got that special, special deck sitting, all back. So it's sitting back there the whole time, right? Yeah, it's been back there the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing up my sleeve. Yes.
2: All, all right. right, I wrote it down because it was so long ago. 37 yep. 37 and the 3 of clubs 3 of clubs All right Open this up 1 two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10 11 12 13 14 15 16 17 18 19 20 21 22 23 24 25 26 27 28 29 30 31 32 33 34, 35, 36. You said three of clubs?
0: Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what just happened? I love it.
2: Um, What an absolute coincidence. I, I had nothing to do with it. That's remarkable. I mean, cause you could have named any card. You could have named any number. I don't know how that I mean, it has been sitting back there the whole time. So that's amazing. I, you I, I got a,
0: I need a minute.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that, you know, and I love watching. Wow. Um, you, you know, like we were talking about before the people that, you know, that kind of tell that I understand that. How did he do that type of thing where you, you want to know how they do it at the same time. I love the mystery of it. I love being bewildered by it.
2: Yeah. It's a bubble. So here's a a way to think about it. Uh, Wonderment is the word. It's, it's this impenetrable bubble of, of how the hell and this mystery and this childlike, you know, wonderment of, of Santa Claus and Easter bunny and and all that stuff that we had as kids. And then as you get older, it all goes away. Yeah. And when I was um, uh, younger, I remember uh, what was the one? Oh, big letdown this, this, the silver tube that you put three balls into it and they were uh, in all three were the same color. And then you put another ball in and all they were all different colors or something. And I was so mystified by that. How the hell could it be like a stoplight, you know, red, yellow, uh, green. And then when the guy puts uh, another ball in there, the, all the, the order all gets mixed up. And I found out that it was a piece of tape, you know, like when I bought the trick, I'm like, Ah, there's a piece of tape there, and that holds. You know, like that's stupid. And all the, <laughs> all the wonder, like for real, it was so deflating. Yeah. All the right. wonderful, It's kind of like you're, ch- you're, a, you're a kid. You're nine years old, something like that. And you meet Indiana Jones. You know, you're he- the biggest hero in the world. There he is, Harrison Ford. You walk up, and he's like, "Hey, kid, uh, my stunt double's doing some stuff now. Can you go get me a coffee?" And you're like, <laughs> "Wait, I thought you're Indiana Jones." And no, he's just the, he's just an actor. And yeah. Some other guy dressed just like him, and you're kind of like, "This is awful." He's not nice to me. He wanted me to. He was rude to me. Like, what is this, you know? And yeah. uh, movie special effects, and you find out stunt doubles, and you find out about all those uh, guys that didn't do the stunts, and it's such a letdown or whatever.
0: Yeah. Well, when well, magic what,
2: magic can be like that, where you learn it and it's it's like a big letdown.
0: Yeah. Well, one thing's that it's kind of like you you mentioned Santa Claus. So when I was a kid, my brothers and I, there was. I was probably seven or eight years old, and I have two older brothers. And there was one night, like a, a week, five days, something like that before Christmas. And uh, my brother's like, hey, let's go snooping for Christmas presents, seeing if mom and dad bought us anything. So we go snooping, and we find these kick-ass Battlestar Galactica toys. <laughs> that, and and we, we, I shit you not, we take them out of the box, we're going around the house with them you know flying these spaceships through you know through the house and then we put them back in the boxes and we put them back where we found them and then christmas morning came and it sucked it was awful because yeah. there was no more surprise there was no more yeah. there was no more wonderment like you said that word wonderment there was It was all gone so i i i that was like lesson learned for me as a kid like keep the mystery the mystery. And, and yep. because that's that's the that's the that's the great part about it is that mystery.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, there's something else that's very interesting, too, with the stuff that I do is there's a lot of mystery in the magic of what you saw. I was a magic trick there. But the other stuff that I did, the gambling stuff, it's not magic, it's skill. It's it's really like watching a guy do half court shots. in a a basketball, just shooting half courts and each one goes in. There's no magic there. It's just skill. But both give a very similar feeling. And that's what I do in my live shows. It's a mixture of that kind of wonderment plus skill. And that's what separates me from the other guys because most guys out there are doing magic shows and it's all all just magic tricks. Uh, And I want my audience to walk away knowing that uh, this is a trained skill that I've done, but I've taken it to a height that it, you just can't, you just yeah. can't follow this. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Skill so that feels like magic. That's, what, that's yeah.
1: what, do you, do you get a chance to ever, um, experience that wonderment anymore? Oh
2: yeah. People still fool me all the time. I can't remember the last, um, I would say there's a magician from London, uh, that got me pretty good recently. I love that it. Shared me, uh, shared a video with me and I'm watching it and I'm following most cause that's the thing. You can't turn it off. It's like a director watching another a movie. Like, yeah, it's hard for him to enjoy the movie because he's watching a lot of the directing tricks. Oh, I like how they shot low here. Or I wonder how they pulled that shot off. That, uh, oh, wow. That was a continuous shot just then. And most people that goes right over their heads because they're watching right. the points of the story, but a director will kind of watch a movie through the different uh, lens, no oh. pun intended. So when uh, uh, this magician shared this video with me, his name's Michael Vincent and I was watching him do this stuff. And at the end, I thought I knew what was going on, but all of a sudden I didn't. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it was really good to the end there. I lost what you were doing. Yeah. So that is a great feeling for me now. And, uh, it's not an ego thing. I love being fooled. Yeah. Uh, but the more, you know, it's harder to have that happen, but when it does, it's very special. So I, I, I really enjoy, uh, when that happens.
0: Awesome. So one thing, one question I have before we get to our next segment, and that is you mentioned Michael Vincent, but are, who are some other, um, you know, uh, card magicians or illusionists that you enjoy, that you enjoy their stuff?
2: Well, there's a there's a lot of them. Uh, a lot of these guys, some of them, like Ed Marlowe, for example, he's gone. He's from back in the day, but he, his work, his technical stuff was just absolutely amazing. Ed Marlowe, you can find some YouTube clips of him, just classic old footage of him doing basic sleight of hand. Um, uh, Mike Vincent is a performer from London, like I said. He's the guy that showed me all the class and elegance. I mean, the guy's just James Bond, but, <laughs> but with a deck of cards, you know, he's influenced yeah. me quite a bit. Um, Rene Lavand is another uh, mm-hmm. name who is a very classy uh, performer. He's, he's passed away, but again, older influence when I was growing up. Um, Darwin Ortiz, uh, Andrew Wimhurst, the guy from Australia, who's amazing. Um, uh, Jason England, who's a yeah. card, Jason England is more of a card cheating guy than a magician, yeah. but his, uh, same thing. I was sitting inches away from him dealing seconds and bottoms and centers and then just, they just look phenomenal. Mm. Um, and Tony Cabral is a, a very, uh, an underground name as well. You'll, he, he's a guy from Boston, but when you watch his, he works at a, like a, you see him each week at a, a residency kind of thing. You see him each week at a, at a place, uh, at a bar doing, uh, great card magic. And when you just watch it, it's just, it's just unbelievable. It's all technique. Yeah. The guys that I like to hang out with are all the technique guys. Yeah. You know, you can go on a magic website and buy something for two bucks, but who gives a shit? I I like the work that goes into it and something that took, you know, 10, 15 years to learn how to do. Absolutely.
1: Have you created a trick?
2: I've created hundreds of tricks. Um, I've written two books. Here's one of them. And um, the other one is up here. So I, I feel like I wanted to share the stuff that I created uh, with other magicians to help, you know, um, I don't know how to put it. I, I just felt like it's way, my way of giving back and and saying, I've created these things, but instead of being selfish and keeping them just for me, if you're a performer and you want to be able to do strong magic for your audiences, try some of these things in these books. So, of course, I keep some stuff just for myself. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is kind of the 11 secret spices and, and herbs. You know, that's, that's my stuff that I don't teach anybody and then i also have a lot of material i give away and i teach Uh, a lot of my work since the pandemic started has been teaching other magicians um because all the gigs went away right so i was able to do virtual shows and take on a lot of new students uh which is fascinating really you meet people all over the world that want to learn this stuff yeah so um i have created Literally hundreds of of routines that I when I go do my live shows is an opportunity for me to perform that stuff, and I don't put it on YouTube because people will just steal it. And yeah, that's why. Um, nice. That's another reason why my YouTube channel is the way it is. We were talking before the show started. I, I could put all that stuff on YouTube if I wanted, but I feel like the the way the magic community works, that stuff would just be watched instantly, taken, ripped off, and stolen, and and put out in somebody else's book. Yeah. Yep. Just That's the way it is. So to prevent that, I don't, I don't put a lot of my material on YouTube. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So is it? Um, yeah, yeah. it's Time. Yeah. All I right. It time. is time for this week's Numero de los Muertos. And as I don't know always, what it is, but I like it. <laughs> it's beautiful it's beautiful everybody's favorite segment of the week as always numero de los muertos brought to you by our friends at smoke in so take just a moment and watch this spot from our friends at smoke in Numéro de los muertos, brought to you by Smoke In, uh, episode one ten. Garrett, what do you have for us this week? All right. Well, since this week
1: was a out of the box episode, I went out of the box with Numéro de los muertos. Ooh. So, Jason, as we explained before the show, it's a it's a I give a number, and we play a twenty questions between you and Matt and our audience to try and guess how these people died. So here is the audience here's the out of the box a university did a study and found that 25 only 25% of people die from this on television but in reality 92% die from this in the real world
0: what is it on so what what are the percentages again
1: on television and in movies 25% of people die from this but in reality it's
0: 92%.
2: Uh, put me down for cancer.
0: Ooh. It's a good guess but no. Are these these are real numbers. These are absolutely real numbers. But we you didn't give us a number. You gave It's us- a percentage. Oh. Yeah. You, this is outside the box because mm-hmm. usually you just give us a number. Yep. It's throwing me off my game, man. Ooh, Chad gunshots. I like it. Well, yeah. Cause yeah, people die from gunshots all the time in the movies
2: and TV. Yeah, obviously you said 25% in movies, right?
0: 25% in so it's movies. it's
1: gotta be something that's
2: not that often in movies. So, um, that's why I would say some sort of, is it, do we get questions? Is it some health related? Like
1: you can, yeah, you can absolutely yeah. ask questions.
2: I would say it's something like that, like, uh, alcoholism or, or drug overdose type thing. Cause that's not that common in, in movies to see.
0: Yeah. Is it, is it common in, is it, is it some type of medical condition? Yes. Health, health condition. It
1: is. Yes.
0: Do we have to be
2: super specific? Like liver failure? <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's not that specific. Okay. But, all right, all right. Um, so it's not gunshot. Heart, heart it's, disease. Not, it's not broken bones. Heart attack is a is a good guess and we're getting warmer. Broken bones, gunshots. And um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip it a little bit and say, let's say um, on television and movies, this particular thing is 75% successful when in reality, it's only 8% successful. Oh, wait, like CPR? It is CPR. Winner.
2: Winner, winner, chicken
0: dinner. Nice. Yep. So. That makes in, a lot of sense. So movies and TV. Yep, including like all the
1: hospital shows, all the cop shows, all the, you know, um, they they did this, this uh, big study and went back like, I want to say, 30 years of TV and movies where there were CPR given. And the number was 70 75% survivability when in reality um, the revive rate is in the twenties, but the survivability like the people that actually live to have a, a normal, have a life is only 8% wow. in, in reality, in reality.
2: So and so- yet again, it's something else that reminds me that movies always create, the narrative that people mm-hmm. that that sifts into reality they think that they can they can do that stuff yeah um they think that they can get into a car accident and walk away because they see it in movies something else in, that has made it into my career is with the card cheating stuff they think that cheating in a card game is like everybody's got a knife and a gun under the table and, <laughs> and uh, it's, it is the furthest thing from the truth and if you get caught in a game like they're going to drag you out and beat the hell out of you no it's actually the the cheat just says no i didn't yeah. And then it's just and then it's just a, an argument like a weird tense well, we don't want you to come back anymore. Yeah. And I, I what am I gonna do? Say yes, I was cheating in your game? Of course I'm right. just gonna deny it. <laughs> so um there's no real hard evidence and proof. So but in the movies, it's some big thing where all of a sudden I get grabbed by the thing and a gun's in my face and I fess up and, and yeah. it's it's just not like it's not like that. It's not oceans eleven by any means. Yeah. You're ripping your friends off. Yeah, it's that's true. Well, they're watching the game.
1: That's what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so NPR did a story on this, and that's where I, you know, kind of got the idea <clears throat> for this like, oh, I should do that on the thing. Um, and they interviewed, uh, I want to say like a thousand doctors um, from, you know, all kinds of medicine asking, would you want to be revived? Would you want like all of these things? And none of them wanted, almost none of them wanted cpr and the only thing they advocated for was if they were in that kind of a situation was pain medicine and that was it wow like no tubes no ventilators no cpr just pain medicine
2: wow everybody's living a happy life out there right <laughs> and i'm not the here ride's to- over the yeah. ride's over just give me some pain meds
1: <laughs> yeah it's crazy. And I would like to know, Chad is a doctor. Chad, do you have that? Uh, is that your stance as well? Um, one of our uh, loyal listeners and, and watchers, uh, Chad is, is, a, is a doctor and yeah, would like to know how yeah. he feels about, uh, I mean, does, do you see those same statistics in your hospital and, and would you want to be revived and all that jazz?
0: Yeah. I want to know that. Um, that was so, a good one that was way way outside the box yeah for what we normally do
1: yeah i like it and i'm good. gonna i'm gonna give the win to both jason and greg yeah because i think because of the delay they came in at the same time
0: about yeah. so yeah greg that was good we don't always give away prices but greg send me a send me an email matt at how about that cigar.com send me an email with your address i'm gonna get you a prize so uh uh, cause you, uh, you had that guess right around the same time Jason did. Um, so thank you for, uh, all you guys for watching. Uh, so Chad says, yeah, pretty much <laughs> if you code in the hospital, there's only about a 10% chance you walk out of the hospital. Man, this is all, it, this is a very light and, 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 and fun, uplifting, uplifting, uh, sort of segment that Absolutely. we have right now. <laughs>
1: yeah. Happy times. It's morbid, but we
0: love it. So that is this week's. Numero de los muertos. And again, Numero de los Muertos brought to you by Smoke In. So, Jason, some non-cigar, non-magic related questions. This is the 20 20 question things. No, this no, is this, is, this is, is these are just fun lightning round questions. Go for so it. So if you could hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes. Who would it be? And oh why? my God, Donald Trump.
2: I want to know what's going on in there.
0: That's a very <laughs> common answer. People, Ooh, what the what? fuck
2: is going on up top? People,
0: people just want to know what in the hell is going yeah. on. I just want canyon. to peek
2: in there and see and just kind of tinker around a little bit. Both oh, <laughs> sides the of the aisle. Thing.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, Jason, if you were about to get into a fight, what soundtrack music would come on?
2: Uh, something from the 80s. Jump, yeah. Jump? Yeah, some Van Halen kind of. Van
0: Halen jump. I like it. I love that. Yeah. All right. Um, Choose one of the following. You could hit a home run as a starting pitcher. You could score a touchdown as a defensive lineman. You could score a goal in a hockey game as the goalie or a goal in a soccer game as the goalie. Uh, Baseball,
2: first one.
0: Baseball, yeah, very common answer. Definitely my answer as well, always. Um, if you could bring back any fashion trend from the past, Oof. what would it be?
2: Ask Uh I'll be honest. Uh the the uh, as a as a blues guitar player, watching Albert King play mm. back in the 70s, he always had his suit jacket open and a white shirt with the with the white co- unbuttons with the big white uh thing. If you watch Goodfellas. Yeah. Uh that the, and and uh, heat not heat I'm sorry yeah. casino, casino uh yeah. the, the long collars that yeah. are yeah. open. That that that's that still looks badass today. I know it's it's dated but it still has a like when you see it in the movie it still looks cool. Yeah. Like.
0: I love it. Yeah. Harry Connick tried to bring that back in like the mid 90s and it, it never didn't, yeah, yeah it did not work. But he it rocked it pretty well. He it rocked did. it pretty well. Um did you have a um a particular Teenage celebrity crush. So, when you were a teenager, a celebrity. Oh, uh,
2: Britney Spears for sure. I mean, she okay. had just blown up. Uh, and I went to a Britney Spears concert with a friend. He got free tickets. He won off a radio show. And we went, and they were like third row or something like that. So, here we are, yeah. like two 15 year old kids going to see Britney Spears. And it was nothing but like seven year old kids around yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most awkward thing in the world. And then also, I remember that afterwards. I mean, we can't turn down free tickets to go see britney spears and yeah. it was a hell of a show i mean it's not my music it's not my cup of tea at all but i mean they made the whole arena rain i'm so i'll say it again the arena they played in rained they brought in rain machines like from the movies and all this sudden, shit. there's like 200 yards squared that's raining <laughs> and then they raised all the dancers up they were suspended mid-air through ca- with cables halfway up Dancing in the rain, 50 feet off the ground and with l- lights from above. So that created a big shadow underneath. I mean, it was like one of the most amazing productions I've ever seen, even though it's not really my cup of tea for music, but it really was kind of mind blowing to watch yeah. that live. And then afterwards we bought bootleg t-shirts in the street, Britney Spears t-shirt. Right. And it's just some guy, some guy from New York city selling yeah. that off that had nothing to do with the show. Right. Selling $20 t-shirts out in the street. So of course we bought them. And I'm a medium or a small, but I bought the medium and I washed it. And the next day that shirt was like, just <laughs> like baby gap. Hey, yeah. I'm telling you the shirt was a foot by a foot. I've never seen a shirt shirt like that in my life.
0: Yeah, it we, was, call, we call that sh- medium. Yeah. It was
2: <laughs> hilarious because you had to put it on and take a photo of me in you know, a Britney Spears t-shirt.
0: Please tell me you With still her have her completely
2: t-shirt. stretched out, like she was totally uh, distorted, <laughs> like crazy, and like every <laughs> wrinkle of skin was showing right through the shirt. You couldn't put your arms down; they were like stuck up like this. And that was a good. I good did
0: time it again. Oops, I did it again. Please it, tell me you still have that T-shirt.
2: I I don't know, but I know I have that picture somewhere.
0: So. <laughs> awesome. I love that. I hope to see that someday. So, if you could add any person's face to Mount Rushmore, any person at all does they don't have to be presidential or founding father or anything anybody's faced a mount rushmore who would it be
2: um that is a really tough question that's a great question too i i don't know because you don't want to go like is it personal or is it someone that's done great things for for everything or somebody you just really appreciate um I'm going to have to get back to you. The answer I've got is so obscure. I don't know if anyone will even know it, but uh, there's a guy named Robert McKee who wrote a book about story. Okay. And it changed my life uh, hmm. and how to to perceive story. And story is what keeps our whole world going, you know, Just telling stories of the past and, and how you and I are, t- what are we doing? We're here telling stories. Yeah. So you see how it's every story is like everywhere and story is in my trip when i perform for people i'm following the same concepts but he broke it down in a way that made it much more understandable Uh, Mm -hmm. you and i just enjoy telling stories and the theory ends there but he goes in depth so it's a it's an odd answer but um that guy really changed how i view everything in life nice Uh, so yeah robert mckee
0: i love that yeah absolutely all right, so let's uh, let's go to this week's Notable Smokable. And Notable Smokable, as always, is brought to us by our friends at Ace Prime Cigars. Ace Prime, Notable Cigars, Notable Passion, Notable Purpose. So, Jason, each week we quickly mention a cigar that we have smoked recently that caught our interest. It could be a cigar that's brand new to the market that we tried for the first time. Or it could be a cigar that's an old favorite that we, that we just smoked for the first time in, in many years. So is there something that you had recently that kind of fits that criteria?
2: Um, well, last week, I noticed I had a little extra time. And when I keep time, I always keep time with Seiko. <laughs> number one brand of watches for a lifetime. Consistent, reliable, steady. A true workhorse of keeping time. And when I had that extra time, it was just before I went to mow the lawn with my Toro lawnmower, um, because, because when craftsmanship a clean cut, because when craft, craftsmanship meets quality, that can only mean one thing. Toro. Now, um, my favorites, uh, and when you're looking to keep cigars fresh, look no further than Ziploc. Um, my favorites l- lately have been uh, these Ashtons they are just oh, the yeah. is uh, my camera's not going to focus on it but these are <sighs> through the plastic they're, they're um, every time yeah uh, yes. it's a great draw it's a great uh, that thing where you, you just after you draw you just kind of sit in it yeah and and it's just absolutely delicious uh, so I've really been enjoying um, the Ashton's my Romeo and Julieta's I've been smoking quite a bit, and you know what? I just finished actually a big batch of these. They're worth a shout out. Actually, they're all gone, so you know they were good because they're gone. I was going to show you one, but there's none of them. Um, Thought I had one left. Uh, The Camachos. Um, Okay these uh, Red Wrapper Camachos. I was out in Vegas uh, right before the pandemic started, oh, right. and I went into this Camacho. Davidoff cigar shop,
1: the oil. The oil. The oil. and they
2: had uh, this kind of limited-edition uh, Camacho that was just excellent. And so I had yeah. it there, and when I came home, I went to C.I. Cigars, uh, <laughs> Cigar International. Uh, there's a Tom's. I'm sure you guys know all the yeah the, uh, cigar um, uh, Bulk-type places. And uh, I found a good deal on them and ordered them. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, these Davidoffs. Um, these. I've really been enjoying these. Oh, so,
0: very good. So uh,
2: good. But not only that, I for some reason, the, lately, I've enjoyed the smaller... Because it's only like a 10-minute a smoke. Yeah. So that means in the middle of the day or something between students or between... Uh, I, I don't have... Um, just on a busy day, for example, I can just get away for 10, 15 minutes.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, that's the great way to smoke there at the end of the night, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, whatever, then I can smoke some, and, and enjoy it. I don't want, I don't like the idea of starting something and leaving it and coming back. Yeah. Um, and so I've really been enjoying those David offs. They're just so damn good. Yes.
0: yes um, and
2: Since they're small, you don't have to worry about the bad draw stuff. They're they're just, everyone I've ever had has been just perfect. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: perfect so, so that's so- it's interesting that you mentioned Camacho because my, my notable smokeable this week was, was also a Camacho that was, uh, so they, they did this, uh, for a few years, they did this thing called the brotherhood series mm-hmm. when every year they would release a different sort of special blend as part of the brotherhood series. And, um, I want to say it was 2014 or 15. They did one called the Shellback and I'll, I'll, Uh, shamefully hold my phone up to the screen there. And they had this bright green, bright green color, uh, to the, uh, to the, the graphics on the band. And it's, it's interesting because it's one of the brotherhood series that a lot of people sort of in the cigar community really didn't dig on very much, but I loved it. And, and I have maybe seven or eight left in a box just sitting in the bottom shelf of my humidor. And I, I, uh, was, rifling through it last week looking for something to smoke and and saw that and said, yeah, I haven't smoked one of those in a, in a year or so. Let's try it. Mm-hmm. And I just think even after all these years, I think
2: they're smoking. Yeah, them. I am not a cigar snob when it comes to the particular brands and things like that. And some people think, oh, I don't smoke those. And, but that, that happened. I, I It's one of my least favorite human experiences. Oh, I love sushi. I hate sushi. Have you ever had it? No, nah, I, I don't want it. You know, like, well, how the hell can you say you hate it?
0: Yeah, exactly. So yep.
2: uh, there are some uh, th- th- that Camacho brand. Same thing. It seems trendy or it seems new. Uh, but there, uh, there has been. I forget the one that I had. The, the name of it.
0: Um, if it was, was a red band from no, Camacho.
2: the red ones I just had. But the ones I was in Vegas uh, that I finished were just amazing. Were the dark, looked like a deep blue, uh, El Dorado or oh, ec- Ecuador, Ecuador. Yes, that. Yes. that they were just excellent. They yeah. were just really good and refreshing. Good different. You can't smoke the same cigar every day. It starts right. to lose its thing. So yeah. a good variety of brands and types and wraps and things, uh, whether it's mild or darker, whatever. And that'll keep things fresh. But those Camachos, I thought, were and a good price point and really tasty. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
2: What was yours, Garrett
0: the muestra mm. de Saca, which one is that the exclusivo from the steve Saka and dunbarton tobacco, tobacco and trust. trust yeah
1: you guys it was about i want to say 11 p.m around a bonfire at the cabin on saturday night and the cigar was fantastic but the company was even better. Yeah. Type of a situation. Experience
0: plays a big role. Huge role. Experience plays a big role definitely. Yeah. If you're with friends and it's a good, you know, just a good Oh, of course. Yeah. Experiential. Yeah. I've had
2: uh gigs like that where the at the show didn't go the way I wanted it but the but the people and the vibe and the energy yeah. made it a great made it a great experience instead of that.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Um you can eat it at, at a restaurant with good friends and even if the food isn't up to parts. <laughs> it's it's still a good, a, time. A good yeah. time. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that was this week's Notable Smokables brought to you by Ace Prime. Improving lives through fine cigars. Visit aceprime.com to learn more. So uh, just to give our viewers and listeners a final idea of some cool stuff we have coming up. This is the big one, guys. Next week, we are going to be live in Las Vegas covering the Tobacco Plus Expo trade show. Uh, so we this is going to be our first time. Uh, as as a new as our new media entity covering a trade show and we're super excited to get together with all the people and actually have togetherness experiences again in Las Vegas with uh, with all these great cigar companies Uh, so we'll be there covering that on uh, the 12th through the 14th next week so uh, stay tuned to our Facebook uh, page and our YouTube page To make sure that you don't miss any of our interviews with uh, different cigar manufacturers and brand owners over at that trade show. Mm -hmm. Um, Jason, give our viewers and listeners an idea of where they can keep up with everything that you have going on in your world. Sure,
2: I will. And I will say before I jump into that, um, for the last, before the pandemic, four years in a row, I did a vape convention. Um, vape isn't really my thing, but they wanted me to come do my thing for their convention and entertain everybody. And it was an absolute blast. I learned so much and met so many amazing people uh, to be around that many like-minded people and find out about all the um, things in this industry that you just have no idea. You're just sharing with so many people that have so much knowledge. Uh, it it was a fa- And I'm not even, like I said, not even into it. And I had a great time. So to, to go to a cigar uh, convention like that, you, if you haven't done it, you said you're going for your first time doing it uh you guys are going to have an absolute blast yeah meeting yeah. people and learning things and seeing all the new things out there it's and things that you've never seen before it's just yeah it's an amazing Absolutely. experience so enjoy that i'm a bit jealous um <laughs> all right so if you're interested in the stuff that i did uh first of all you could card magic by jason is my uh, website it's my tiktok my instagram my facebook everything so just card magic by jason and you'll find all my socials there i'm not on twitter because fuck twitter Um, (laughs) amen 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 It's the stupidest platform so anyway uh everything else just card magic by jason you can go there on my instagram uh if I, i do a lot of giveaways i'm giving away all sorts of stuff all the time decks of cards a lot of the decks of cards i have are very rare very valuable um uh, interest i mean every week there's somebody coming out with a new deck similar to cigars so there's always people trying to compete and get to the top so i get uh a lot of those companies send me those cards to promote on my channel because a lot of people who are interested in card magic come to me recently i got some glow in the dark deck that was just amazing i mean yeah, I, saw, I saw that yeah i mean i've never seen anything right. like that before in my life and i'm looking at the footage going like these cards look like radioactive in my hands it was amazing yeah. so um uh so if you're interested in any seeing new decks that come out or even winning those I give them away for free. Um each week I give away a, a deck for free. So you can jump on that if you want. If you just want to watch some really amazing card content, I suggest my Instagram or TikTok which just absolutely blew up in the last couple months. Um and all I'm doing is talk about uh all the cheating techniques similar to what I did with you but above and beyond. Um uh just showing you kind of the, the depth that a card sheet uh can go through to get an edge in a game.
0: Yeah.
2: And regardless of how many times those cards are shuffled, I've done things where other people shuffle and cut and I take the deck back and instantly name all the hands and all the positions and people just go, how is this possible? <laughs> oh and my favorite thing about TikTok is I think because it's a younger generation, 85 85 to 90% of people on TikTok think it's all fake. It's CGI it's fake, I just did edited, you're, you're garbage. This is edited. I saw the cut at 50 seconds. I saw when somebody handed you cards off screen and then you cut. I'm like, what? Like, I teach, th- I mean, it's just nuts. So I think the, the new generation is just unwilling to accept that this is raw talent. And it's much easier that he just bought an app that makes him do really amazing cuts in his videos. Yeah. It's all fake. So read the comments on my TikTok, it's hilarious. Uh, so that you can find that I'm not really on Facebook too much because Facebook kind of fell apart, I think, in the last few years with uh, political arguments and fake news and things. So I'll post a video. Yeah, I'll post a video, uh, yeah, post a video of, of card cheating on Facebook. And the first comment is like, that's about as fake as CNN. And then <laughs> the, end, the next 150 comments are people fighting politics. So I don't really care about uh, Facebook much anymore. Um, uh, but I will. Uh, be on Instagram and TikTok mostly. And then of course my YouTube channel, you can go there, same thing, Card Magic by Jason, but you'll see more live performances. You'll see me on stage in front of real people uh, performing uh, the stuff that I just did for you and blowing people's minds. And there's plenty more of content to come. Uh, The pandemic killed everything. So uh, once we get out of this, there's gonna be a lot of more live show performances. If you're interested in seeing me perform live, the next biggest thing I have coming up is in Chicago. Uh, It's going to be a big uh, run of shows there. If you are on my social media, I'll be pushing that show, obviously. But uh, it's a place in Chicago called the Hubbard Inn, and it's going to be two shows a night. And you're just going to see it's going to be a great mix of cigars, scotch, and me doing badass card cheating uh, and gambling demos. Uh, For one ticket, you get a full night of just top end whiskeys, cigars, and, and me performing. Uh, So that's going to be a a residency, a run like that, and that's where I'll be performing. But if I'm not there, uh, I'll be at places like the Magic Castle or Chicago Magic Lounge. New York City has a lot of venues. Uh, But again, if you're out of my social media, I'll be pressing those dates.
1: And real quick, before we go, have you ever dabbled in uh, Cardistry?
2: You know what? Cardistry is kind of like a bartender that uh, juggles the bottles just before he makes the drink. Yeah. and that's amazing but if my drink tastes like shit then i don't care how <laughs> how high you can spin that bottle brother like yep like, you know my drink tastes like shit so i was never really drawn into that uh, it is a force it became its own thing card magic was a thing and then cardistry kind of grew out of that and then became its own like amazing thing I've learned just enough of it to survive, if that makes sense. Like, if I want to do some fancy cuts and things, I'll do it. But my passion is not in being able to juggle a, a deck of cards. I'm no disrespect to the guys that do; they're amazing. Yeah. But my my area is right. cheating at cards and uh, you know um, card magic. The the thing, the like the trick you saw there, just blowing people's minds, and yeah. I can sprinkle in a few fancy cuts here and there. But yeah. but that's about five percent of what I do.
0: Nice. Well, Jason, thank you so much, Thanks brother, so for much. being on the show. We had an absolute blast. This was, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, this was one of my favorite shows. I love doing things that that just kind of take us outside of our, our, our. As much as we love the cigars, this was, this was a great time to, uh, to just get outside of that and and have have some good times with cards and get to know you. So thank you so much.
2: Well, thank you for having me. I appreciated a great time as well. Thank you for the smokes, uh, for the people at home. I uh, they. they... Sent me uh, some absolutely, I mean, this is stunning, beautiful work. I appreciate this very much. I, I love, uh, th- I have all my accessories and trinkets up top on my shelves there. Uh, cigar holders and, uh, yep, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, I've got five or six cigars here from you guys as well. So over the next uh, couple weeks, I will make the posts with the pictures of the cigars, a quick review. I mean, you guys got me down to a T, so <laughs> I appreciate uh, the effort there absolutely so i'm looking forward to smoking these um and again thank you for sharing um what you're passionate about i'll share what i'm passionate about and this is how things move forward man
0: absolutely Absolutely. So uh, hang with us in the green room just for two minutes after we're off the air. Uh, for all our viewers and listeners, as always, guys, we are so grateful to you. You you are the best part of HBTC. So keep following us on social media at HBTCigar. If you guys have questions for Garrett or myself, uh, send us an email directly on the website, cigar.com And as always, until we see you guys next time, burn cigars, not bridges. See you guys. Thanks.